Happy 5th of July. Um, I only get to do that when I'm here in the States. I'm going to take you home with me. Is that okay? Yes? Okay. You look better in this when you say yes. Try that again, this side. Yes? Thank you. You're important to me, and I want, that's a prayer. That's, I'm going to use those to pray. I'm going to use that to pray for you when I go home. Um, just to uh, explain a little bit, you'll be seeing some pictures um, flashing behind me, and they are um, intimately connected to what I do in Taiwan, um, very loosely connected to what I'm going to be sharing about. So if you don't like what I'm saying, uh, picture is worth a thousand words. Um, just concentrate on the screen. Um, anyway, all of these people that you see there are um, part of my life and uh, part of my ministry there. But um, before I go there, I'm, I'm going cut to the, uh, cut the chase. Um, I need to be sure that I don't go over here. Oops. Yeah. Preset. Um, time. Uh, I want to do some advertising. Got to have advertising, right? Um, I have a set of um, child care ministries children out on my table out there. If you, you did see the table, right? Anybody not see the table? You want to get up and go look now? It's okay. Uh, anyway, um, these child care children are um, a program where we support children for $30 a month. Um, so that they can get an education, um, uh, set of clothes maybe, food at least once a day, um, medical expenses and so forth. And uh, if you would like to support children, um, then what you need to do is fill out this little slip in the back of the, the um, form for me. Leave the slip with me and uh, you can take the brochure home and put it on your refrigerator or in your Bible or whatever. Um, and then we know who this little one belongs to. We don't want any kidnappings. Taking children without leaving the little slip is an infraction. No kidnappings, okay? So, and if you don't understand how to do that and you see a little one out there that you would like to say, this is mine, then free to wait until I get out the table after the service and I can, ex I can uh, help you or even answer some questions. Um, the little lady that I have in my hand, her father's a pastor and her mother's a housewife, and her name is Lao Din Ma Din. And she is from Calais. Does anybody have a clue where Calais is? It's also called Calamio. I have been there multitudes of times. I'm trying to think of whether I actually know her father. No? Does Minmar ring a bell? Oh, we have at least one. Um, back there, Myanmar is a country to the west of Thailand and to the east of Bangladesh and India. Um, Yangon used to be called Rangoon, is the capital city. And uh, to get to her house in Calais from Yangon, you would probably, it used to be that you would, had to go by bus. And if, it never, if the bus didn't break down, it would take about 15 hours to get there by bus. You can get there probably about two hours by air now. Um, but anyway, I said that her father was a pastor. Um, she is one of nine. She has eight brothers. And so I think her family needs a little bit of help to be sure that she gets an education. I love Myanmar, 
And I'm excited at having um, a young lady from Myanmar here, um, born in 2002. Anybody have grandchildren born in 2002? Any birthdays in March? 25? Okay, well, maybe there's a birthday out there on the table for you. If it's not your time to take a child to uh, start sponsoring, would you just walk past my table and put out your hand and just pray for these children? The children on my table represent thousands of children who are waiting for sponsorship. And if you can't sponsor or if you're already sponsoring, bless the ones that are out there and the ones they represent, that the Lord would raise up sponsors for them. Um, I shared in the first service, and I'll do that here. We have a very famous child care-sponsored child who grew up and became a very important person. He has just retired. He was, ra he was, he was a so child care-sponsored child, chi child in the Philippines. He just retired from being the bishop of the Philippines. His mother named him Jim. Not, Jane, not James, not Jimmy, but Jim. He's very clear every time he introduces himself, my mother named me Jim. Jesus in me. Great name, don't you think? Well, anyway, Jim Tuan has just retired from being the bishop of the Philippines. He was a sponsored child, so you never know how far your sponsorship is going. So pray for those children. On my table also are, is the new, it's called Pulse now, Free Methodist World Ministries magazine. Um, and the reason you want this is because Go ahead, John. You know the answer. Yeah, my picture's in here. Actually, it's in here twice this time because the very center of this is, a, is you can pull it out. It's a, a, a ministry of prayer directory for the whole year. So this is all of our ministries for the whole year right in there. And then every month, every time that they, um, this is every three months, they have a three-month prayer calendar in here so that you can pray by the day. And I am in, in here, my picture is in here under August 22nd. You don't have to wait until August 22nd to pray for me. But if you get the magazine, it'll remind you to pray for me on the 22nd of August. So feel free to take one of these off the table. And there should be a pile of them somewhere in your church because I think the, the ministry center sends these to you. If they disappear off my table, I'm going to go find your pile and steal some more. Um, if, I'm, if you didn't get one, then you can ask. John Van Esk will do anything for you. He's a good pastor. And then my new prayer card. It used to be like this with a picture on the top of it. This is my new prayer card. And this is the best diet plan going. I just had a friend, uh, one of the ladies from the first service come out and ask me, where's that diet thing? She wanted to know if it was good to eat. <laughs> well, do you know how this works? Has anybody heard how this works? Except for Pastor John. Um, where do you put these prayer cards? On the refrigerator, right? Okay, so it's on your refrigerator, and you're watching the Tigers game, and they're just about to hit a, 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 a home run. Tigers play basket, ba ba baseball? Am I right? Sometimes I get this wrong. So they're about to hit a, a, a home run, and it's the commercials. What do you do during commercials? You go to the refrigerator. What's in the refrigerator? Something you should not eat. Anyway, you go to the refrigerator, you see my picture, and what do you do when you see my picture? Pray. What, 
and then you just finished praying, amen, and they say, and it's a, and you're back to your seat. What didn't you do? You didn't have that bag of pop, uh, that, uh, that bag of whatever it was in there. You shouldn't have had it in there in the first place. But anyway, great diet plan. Feel free to take these and take one of these and put them on your, your refrigerator. And then there's this little um, prayer partner in ministry little slip here. And this is kind of like my barometer. I'm here this summer and when I come home for home assignment to collect as many of these as I can to find out how many people out there really love me. Nobody's laughing out loud. <laughs> anyway, um, it has little boxes you can check there praying for me. And if you're giving or whatever, you can check that. What I really need off of this is your name and your email. Write your email clearly. I can't tell if it's a G or a Y. But anyway, if you put your email on there, then you can get my prayer letters. So you can be praying for me and be a partner with me in ministry. Well, anyway... That's the end of the commercials, and let's read scripture. Missionaries are supposed to read scripture, right? Because they're pastors. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version here, and uh, I'm reading Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. I like my pictures, but I can't look over there. Okay, and you'll understand how I'm reading this as soon as I'm starting. It's a little bit different, but it's New American anyway. Colossians 4, chapters 2 through 4. Davison, Free Methodist Church, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for Becca, that God will open up for her a door for the word so that she may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which she has been appointed to Asia in Taiwan that she may make it clear in the way she ought to speak. Uh, I love this, um, sort of the, the last words of the Apostle Paul to the Colossian church. He was in ministry there. He's left and gone on to the next stop, and he wants to encourage them. He sends back some words, and in the very end he says, Colossian church, you are part of my ministry. Don't forget to pray for me. In fact, John Wesley says, God does nothing except through prayer. God has formulated his um, kingdom to include us as a very essential part of ministry in the kingdom of God. God does nothing except for prayer. Turn it on its head. If we don't pray, it doesn't happen. So if God has included us as part of his building the kingdom program and prayer is such an important part of it, then it's something we should be, as it says here, devote yourselves to prayer. It's, it's, it's essential to who we are as children of God. In fact, I'm convinced that John Wesley is speaking some wisdom in that I know that there are times when people are praying for me and something special happens just because somebody prayed. There's answers to prayer out there. Davison is doing ministry in Taiwan. These pictures of these children and the people out there, your prayers are touching their lives. 
because God uses prayer to do the work of the kingdom, Davison in praying for me is actually doing ministry in Taiwan, out there among the tribal people called the Lukai. It's amazing that you are doing overseas ministry just by saying, Lord, bless Becca. You're an essential part of my ministry. I cannot do it without you. I cannot do it without you. It says here, devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it. How do you keep alert? You don't pray mumbo-jumbo. You pray specific things, things that God wants to answer. And as you get my prayer letter, you can pray specifically for me. You can be alert to things that you need to pray for. You know, um, do you watch the news on TV, listen to it on the radio, pick, it up, pick up the newspaper? Did you realize that's a prayer book? It's an opportunity for prayer? Last night, I was, my sleep was interrupted several times. I was out on Collingwood Drive, and which is the backside of the new water park. And there were waves of volunteers coming through with flashlights and looking for a little boy that's missing. About their second time through, I decided not to go to bed after peeking out the window, deciding whether they were going up or down the street. And I knelt beside the bed and I prayed. It's not just a matter of watching TV because you're curious about the news. But watching the news is an opportunity to pray for somebody. A fire in Colorado or in Arizona, people being pushed out of their homes, we can pray for them. They have strength and courage to face being in such a horrible, losing everything you got. It's not just a matter of knowing. It's a matter of taking this to the Lord Jesus Christ and asking the Lord to fill them with whatever they need in order to get on with life and not just get on with life, but to know new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. May this, whatever it is, be an opportunity to recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ is what they need. And so, getting my newsletters and praying for me, it's an extension of your ministry through me to a faraway place, to the ends of the ends of the world, to the ends of the earth, as it says in Matthew chapter 28. And it says here, praying, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And why thanksgiving? Because God answers prayer. I'm convinced God answers prayer. I've seen him do healing. I've seen him raise up wisdom just for the right moment. I've seen him do amazing things, and it's through prayer. And when God does miracles around us, our first response, our automatic and natural response is thanksgiving. Praying at the same time for Becca, that God will open up the door for the word. I work among these people, as you see these pictures, the Lukai. They are the mountain people. Back in 1950, when Chiang Kai-shek and Sun Yat-san fle were fleeing from Mao Zedong and the communists that were flooding all of mainland China, the, 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 the people who were working with the Christians in the country, those who were ministering, the missionaries, were fleeing with all of those people that didn't want to be communists. But they had elected a democratic, a democratic 
um, uh, government of mainland China, and they were fleeing from the enemy. They came to Taiwan and Hong Kong and the Philippines. Some of those missionaries had to decide whether they wanted to be missionaries anymore. Many of them returned to the States. And when they had no place to go, maybe to the Philippines, and some of them came to Taiwan. In fact, Free Methodist missionaries came to Taiwan by the name of Taylor. Do you know Hudson Taylor? Taylor's son and grandson came to, to Taiwan. They actually started a seminary there and started doing ministry among those that had come over from the mainland. And there was a fellow from this tribe that you're seeing these pictures of, and he came down to the big city, and over time he came to know about the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said, I've got to take this back to my people. And so he started to go back up to the, to the mountains with, with the gospel. He and, the, and some of the missionaries went up with him. The first group of people that came to the Lord Jesus Christ was not just one, but the entire tribe. 90% of the tribe turned to Christ all at one time. Amazing. 90% a revival? No. A big revival. Well, Second generation, about 80%. Third generation, about 70%. Now, today, among the people that you're seeing these pictures, it's about 50% of the village is in church on Sunday morning. But we're losing ground. We're losing ground. And so here I am working with the Lukai, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? They already know church. They already know God, right? But I've begun to realize that many of them are there because it's Sunday morning. That's where you're supposed to be. My grandmother brought me to church. I'm here because my mother brought me. It's just the place to be on Sunday morning. And I've begun to say to them, second generation, third generation Christians don't get to go to heaven. Second-generation Christians, third-generation Christians are not going to be in heaven. Does that make you nervous? I say, only first-generation Christians get to go to heaven. It is a personal relationship to with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have got to be a first-generation Christian. So there's got to be a new revival of first-generation Christians among the Lukai. And even here, maybe at Davison. And so I, I find myself walking with these people and spending time with them, sharing with them that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you, not because your grandmother brought you here, but because he wants to save your soul. He wants to give you a new life. So my time is walking with these people, living with them, helping them to walk deeper with the Lord Jesus Christ, a greater obedience to what he asks us to do, and even challenging some of them. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a village, and uh, these people are displaced. They used to live in the mountains. And when you move out of your old stomping grounds or your old uh, uh, home back there, um, things sort of go topsy-turvy, and... and um, culture gets a little bit mixed up and many of these people don't know who they are anymore because they're not living by the, by the rhythm of the mountains. 
they are people who used to hunt wild boar and plant millet and taro. Y you see the, 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 the hats they have on their head with these sort of white spiky things? Those are actually boar's teeth. Remember, who is it, the, the Lion King? <laughs> Those are actually boar's teeth. <laughs> and these people, they, they have kind of lost who they belong to and because they don't have boar running through the river valleys. Those are things that live up in the mountains and they don't live there anymore. And so there are many times when I'm walking through the village and men that have sort of given up on themselves and life and work and all that kind of stuff. They're sitting around these great big huge slate tables and, and having a good old time in the afternoon talking. And when I walk by, the rice wine ducks under the table. They don't have Heineken. They have Taiwan beer. <laughs> Walking down the street and this fellow sees me coming and... He pretends that nothing happened. Why me? Why does this have to disappear because I walk by? Why aren't they in church on Sunday morning? Because they're embarrassed. They know who Jesus is. They came to church because their grandma brought them. But they spent a little bit too much time at the karaoke last night and drank until they had a headache this morning and didn't have the courage to face themselves or anything else and so they're out there having another beer while I'm in church singing praises to Jesus. I share this summer my little spiel here is called multiple opportunities. Many of the fellows that you see doing this in these pictures are the fellows that are not in church on Sunday because they just can't face themselves or their, their world. They're anesthetizing themselves. Every one of these pictures is a multitude, one of those multitude opportunities. Pray that the Lord would open the door every time there's an opportunity. Whether a little child, the children I have taught in my church and in many of, the, many of the children in the neighborhood, they come running across the parking lot going like this. And when they get there, ping, an with a handshake. Ping, an. Ping, an means peace. The children give me peace. Even to the high school, they still give me peace. An opportunity to touch base with them and, and to build into their lives and their relationships with their family, and with the Lord Jesus Christ. As you pray for me, the Lord will open those opportunities. I began a little, to get a little, it's a little bit difficult. You know, God, I'm sharing with all these people that are in church all the time. What about having an opportunity to share with somebody who doesn't know about Jesus? I'm living in this village that's almost Christian. You know, what about the people who don't know him? And over these last couple of years, the Lord has brought them into my home. Practicum students who are at the kindergarten, these little children that you see here, they're in a, in a village kindergarten. And I've had practicum students come into my home from the ne nearby university where they come practice to be kindergarten teachers. The first young lady, the very first one, she was a Christian girl. She's come back several times and stayed with me at other times and, and returned. And she's sort of part of my family now. 
The second group, two girls. One was a tribal, like, but a different tribe. The other girl was Buddhist. She'd never heard of the Lord Jesus Christ, except from American movies, where somebody uses the name of Jesus when they're angry or when they're frustrated. Is that the way we want to teach them about Jesus? And then the next year, which was this last November, two girls came again, did not know about Lord. But we pray when, we, when, I, when I'm, I make breakfast and dinner, and we pray before meals. And then this last November, two girls came in, and a third young lady came along. This third young lady wasn't from the university. She was just a young lady that was sort of floating around. We didn't know who she was or exactly where she came out from, but she needed a place to stay, and I sort of moved my bookcases and, and my, uh, my curtains because my room is a, my upstairs is a great big, huge room, and rooms are made by bookcases and curtains. I live in an urt, if you know what an urt from Mango- Mongolia is. But anyway, we can make rooms really easy. Just move it over a little bit and another curtain. Anyway, she came and took up the third bed. She's in my house even today, taking care of my puppy dogs. But when she first came, she was a very disturbed young lady. Lots of problems, telling me about her life and times that she would just burst into tears as she was talking about home. 28 years old, she had an argument with her mother and father who were a part of a Buddhist cult, and she packed up her bags and ran away from home. And here she is now living in my house. And I got up and I walked around the table and I gave her a hug. The first time in 28 years she has ever had a hug. Lots of things for her to work through. Who is she? What is she doing? But today, she's in my home taking care of my puppy dogs. Did you see two puppy puppy dogs? Uh, They're not so little puppy. But anyway, (laughs) a brave thing for her to do. You can pray for her. But one of the things I did just before I left to come back is I put the other, I had two of these, I put the other one of these on the table and I said to her, well, when I get to the States, if I can find Wi-Fi, we can use this to do a Bible study. And, um, and I just left it at that and I packed my bags and I'm gone. And for the first three weeks, at least an hour a day, the dog this, the dog that, what do I do now? It's, it's like every night I've got to give her at least an hour. Things are okay, we're going to make it. And somewhere about the third week, she says, can we do the Bible study? And I said, sure. I dropped everything. Even though it was 1030 at night, I'm ready to go to sleep. But because it's 12 hours off, she's exactly 12 hours away from me. So it's 1030 in the morning there. It's 1030 at night here. But I stayed up and I did a Bible study with her. The first Bible study says, do you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? And we prayed through that prayer, but I wasn't quite sure how well she understood. One of the big issues for her is what is sin? The Chinese have a very difficult time with sin. This young lady who's in my home is Chinese. She's not tribal. The Chinese have a very difficult time with sin. Sin is something that's bad, something you don't like. Is that how you understand it? So I had to talk about sin being a broken relationship with the Lord who loves you. A separation from him forever. Something that keeps you from being able to receive the Lord's love. And do you want his love? 
What's love? Some very difficult questions. That was the first lesson. And uh, I've been sort of offline because my I got the wrong little hot spot, wrong company. <laughs> too much of East, too much of Mich East Michigan Conference is not in there. Doesn't have a tower. But anyway, so she's been asking the last couple of days if she if we can get back to doing the next Bible study. She's waiting for the fourth lesson. Your prayers are working miracles in individual lives there in Taiwan. As you pray for me, that the Lord would open the door every time there's an opportunity, that there would be an open door in that opportunity, and that I may speak forth the mystery of Christ. I didn't expect that God would bring those who didn't know about Christ into my very home. That just amazes me. The Lord has been listening to my prayers and to your prayers that I may speak forth the mystery of Christ for Doris, for other people, as you see these pictures, for which I have been sent to Taiwan, to Asia. Pray that I may know how to speak clearly as I ought to speak for the sake that these people may know that they can have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They can have the confidence that when they get there and stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in glory, they can say, I know you. You are my Lord. I want to read this scripture one more time. I'm reading it to myself, Becca. Devote yourself to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for Davison, that God will open up a door for the brothers and sisters at Davison Free Methodist Church, that they may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which they are here in this place, Davison. You are not here by mistake. God needs you here. Your neighbor, the little boy out there named Mars, last night, all those people walking through the woods trying to find him, we are here for a purpose. May his family find the Lord Jesus Christ as a comfort and a strength and a courage and a hope. You're here because even a family like this, you don't even know, you can pray. Pray that God will open a door for Davison Free Methodist Church so that they may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which they are here in this place, that they may make it clear in the way they ought to speak for the sake of the kingdom. I want to say thank you for your prayers for me, for your concern for me. Davison uh, has been one of the churches that has supported me out there. I can't pay my electric bill, but there's once in a while there's a mission offering. Thank you. Um, but your prayers are precious to me, and I cannot do it without you. And I've got you in here, and I'll be praying for you. As we minister together, I, from my place over there, to the ends of the earth, one of them being here, Davison, and as you pray for me, we are in ministry together. God is a great God. 
and he wants to use us to do things that will just amaze the world. We live for him, and the Lord, the, the world will want to know why, and they will be drawn to him because of your love and your concern. Thank you. Thank you, Davison Free Methodist Church. The Lord bless you all. Amen.